The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19, and joining us, as always, is Portia. Wingard. It's time to say goodbye. How terrible is that? It's heartbreaking, quite honestly. It's really, really sad. No more Chad. No more Chad. See, I've just... I've just started to get used to the idea of him not being a port player, and now we have to do this podcast and talk about it again. So I'm just <laughs> going to go right back to, to square one, I think, in my emotions. But we'll save that for a little bit later. We'll talk about okay. um, the other trades from other clubs first, because it was a pretty interesting final day. Uh, there was a hell of a lot of movement. Wasn't there? And uh, and a hell of a lot of big-name movement as well. Um so I guess the first main one was uh, was Lockie Neal, mm. uh, who went to Brisbane with pick 30 for 6, 19 and 55. So Brisbane get their man, and they get a bloody good midfielder who racks up, you know, a shitload of the ball and yep. uh, is a pretty pretty handy player. Um, so that's a, that's a big bonus for them. Yeah, look, I mean, I agree that it is. Uh, and... I don't know. I, I just think it's obvious. It's it's a good move for Brisbane because obviously they're trying to build better through midfield and they've got Hipwood up forward and you know I think just for where their team is at and sort of on the rise because this year was an exciting year for Brisbane fans. I think. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's certainly a good move for them. They certainly um, improved. Yeah, they from, certainly uh, from improved. previous years. And like Lockie Neal working with Cam Rayner in a couple of years' time, like that's kind of yeah, that's that's some good shit if you're a Brisbane fan, I think, uh, in that yeah. midfield. Um, yeah. But of, of all the trades that happened on last day, I think that's kind of the least interesting one. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. <laughs> um, look, it's a good age bracket for them as well. You know, he's what twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been in the old Australian squad. He's won best and fairest at Frio, so it's a huge pick up for them and. Mm. Um, I guess uh, the uh, the disappointing thing for Brisbane would be that they lost uh, Dane Beams back to Collingwood um, for the price of two firsts, which is uh, pretty handy, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, for someone of his age. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, disappointing for them to lose Beams, I would think. Look, I mean, I think that it's, it's, it's a longer-term upgrade, yeah? Because, like you said, Neil's a bit younger uh, and... Uh, Beams is a bit older, so they've basically added three extra years of a you know a decent sized senior midfielder overall in that trade and turned what pick six into a couple of first round picks along the way. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's pretty good. That that's you know you did that you do that deal with your Brisbane. Absolutely, and look, Colling will get their man. They get uh, they get Dane Beams, who is a very yeah. very good footballer. Yeah. Um, yep. when he's on the park, which uh, which hasn't been all that often in no. recent years. Really hasn't. Um. But when he plays, he dominates. So that's, uh, that's good news for Collingwood fans. Certainly um, kind of picked me up that fans will be wanting after the grand final loss, yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, Frio made some massive moves. Uh, they got Rory Lobb, I think, uh, the day before, yep. which is uh, which is a massive get for them because they've been screaming out for a key forward slash, yeah. uh, slash Ruckman for a long time, and, um, and he's perfect for them. And... 
after years of speculation, they finally get Jesse Hogan as well, um, which also involved pick six and uh, and twenty three uh, going to Melbourne. Uh, so that's you know you look at what Frio have done, <laughs> yeah. what they started with. They started with um, yeah, Lockie what was Neal. it like pick pick five and Lockie Neal and pick eighty five, and they've yeah. turned it into um, <laughs> you know Jesse Hogan. Uh, Rory Lobb and a whole bunch of picks, uh, mostly thanks to us. Um, so I'm glad that we had a hand in uh, strengthening their squad whilst uh, severely weakening our own. So that's yeah. right. Yes, yes, yes. That was fantastic. Yep. But that three o four line now looks uh, pretty one. <laughs> bloody dangerous. <laughs> I know it's going to be real interesting to see if Ross Lyon knows how to use it. That, that's the yeah. real. That's the real question at this point. Yeah. Well, they finally got their key forward post-Pavlic. Um, and look, for me, I'm excited about this because hopefully it means that Brennan Cox might want to come back home. Oh, yeah. um, and hopefully we are, we're in his ear right now about that and uh, can nab him next year. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> and the, uh, the next big one uh, was by Melbourne, obviously. Yes. And uh, they moved on. Pick- look, pick six is a bit of a whore. I've got to say, because that got that got moved around about uh, about seven times this trade period, and there's no wonder when you look at the uh, the history of, of pick six in drafts, it's not very good. It's like the outlier where there's like pick one gun, pick two gun, pick three gun, pick four gun, pick five gun, pick six, yeah, pick seven gun. <laughs> so it's uh, it's understandable that they moved it on, and um, look, they got Stephen May and Cade Collajasny. For it. Yeah. Uh, which is massive for them. It is, but I'm happy to confirm now I will not be renewing my Melbourne season ticket next year because there's just nothing I really care about there anymore. Like, Jesse Hogan out. Like, that's a big out. On top of Jack yeah. White's out. Yeah. I'm just not interested now, <laughs> especially with Simon Goodwin very well and truly Goodwinning the team. Nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> well, look, they've strengthened their back line and severely weakened their forward line. Yeah. They're throwing a lot of eggs in the uh, in the Wiedemann basket. They are. And look, he had a pretty interesting, he had a pretty impressive final series. Sure. Uh, but he hasn't played a lot of footy. Um, you know, he's had a lot of injuries and he's been stuck in the reserves a fair bit. Um, you know, they're going to want him to step up and take up a lot of that flack and become that sort of forty to fifty goal goal kicker. Well, I mean, all they've really done in this trade period is, yeah, they've got Cage Collagesny, and that's great. But really, they've just confirmed that Oscar McDonald is going to be their full-time forward as opposed to going into the back lines again. Yeah. Um, that, that's really all they've done. Like, you know, rather than yeah. say, okay, well, we'll keep Hogan and throw Oscar back. Like, no, no, we're just going to Tom. keep Oscar forward. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah Tom, Tom, sorry. Tom, yeah. Tom McDonald. Yeah, sorry. Oscar. Oscar's the awful one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's, you know, they've got... Collegesny out of it, I guess. That's good. But, yeah, that forward line is looking a lot less... I mean, it might be enough. I don't know. And May's a good pickup for character, I suppose. I don't know. Yep. The next big one, which is massive, was uh, Dylan Shield leaves GWS and goes to Essendon for two first-round picks. Yeah. That is uh, that is massive. Dylan Shield, an absolute superstar. And, uh, look, Essendon have... Yeah, Essendon <laughs> have made some big moves in the last... Uh, in the last uh, couple of years, um, so they're really Why revitalising not? their list with some uh, top-end talent. 
why wouldn't you make big moves if you're Essendon when you realise what the consequences are for doing wrong? You know, why would you not just be constantly pushing every boundary possible? Yeah, why yeah. not make big moves? Um, what's the worst that can happen? Like, you know, even just winning a wooden you get spoon. Pick one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even winning a wooden spoon without a drug uh, issue at your club is, is probably less bad than what Essendon fans have put up with in the past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, there you go. That's it. And uh, one of the most interesting moves is uh, Tom Scully to Hawthorne for a future fourth-round pick, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And, um, look, Tom Scully not that long ago was uh, was probably in the top 25 players in the competition. And, look, it, I, I like think it, it, it maybe says just how bad his ankle injury is um, that, you know, he's now going for essentially nothing to Hawthorne. Um, so look, they'll be hoping that they can fix his injury, and uh, and try and get that uh, that very good hard running midfielder back. Yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly in terms of the price they paid, it's a jump down from Yegor Amara, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it probably is just a matter of um, how he's going to recover, and also because he is a pretty outside player, you know, like it's even more important for that type of player. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, if you're an outside player and your ankle cannot recover, you, your career is done. So that, that's probably yeah. probably fair enough. Look, there is a rumour that uh, that he failed two um, medical tests <laughs> um, at two other clubs. So maybe Hawthorne is taking a bit of a risk, taking a bit of a chance, hoping yeah. it comes off yep, no, them. Good. And look, they, they picked up another player um, for, again, almost nothing, really. Jack Scrimshaw, who, yeah. what was he picked? Pick six or pick seven uh, two years ago. He's only played the four games. And um, it's probably the most dramatic. Um, Josh Shackey. Oh, this is where Josh Shackey still got traded for That's pick true. in the 20s, That's didn't true. he? That's true, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is like, a, you know, pick 61 or something for, for a guy that, uh, that was very high up in the draft. Not that long ago. I didn't, um, like, I didn't like Scrimshaw that draft year, though, so I, I can kind of see it. Yeah, I was a big fan of him. I'm, I'm surprised he's really not developed at all. But um, with some of the things that have come out, I guess it, it makes a bit more sense um, since then. But, look, he's one of those guys that, again, they'll just be hoping sort of comes good. It's the Jimmy Tompas sort of uh, trade where you, you get him for nothing. Uh, he was a high draft pick. Hopefully, he comes good. If not, then you've really not given up anything to yeah, get him. Yeah. So, yeah, just, yeah exactly. It's just a, yeah. just a, an acceptable potential loss. Yeah. That's it. Jordan Ruffhead moves to Collingwood, which uh, shores up their ruck and key position stocks a little bit. Yeah, nothing to talk about there. Keep going. A little bit. <laughs> and look, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got for the uh, for the rest one. of the teams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're mentioning, uh, um, you know, Jordan Ruffhead as a, as a trade thing, it's like, God, who cares? You know, <laughs> we're here all night yeah. if we talk about that level of trade. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah. Um, now, on to Port. Yeah. Oh, on to Port. Choking back the tears. Chad Wingard. Tell me about Port. He's gone. Uh, our, our gun, our gun, he's now in a Hawthorne Guernsey. Mm. The worst mm-hmm. nightmare possible. Uh, no, Essendon would have been worse. Oh, 
Nah, I reckon yeah. Hawthorne's worse. Nah. Hawthorne's much worse. Don't agree. I can just see, look, you know, we, we can all see what happened with Sean Burgoyne and we can all see that the potential of Chad pulling his finger out and becoming that superstar that he's uh, that he once was and has threatened to be over the last few seasons. Um, but it's just sad to see him go. You know, he was our boy. Um, he loved the club. He loved Port Adelaide. Um, he did some magical things on the field. And now we have to put up with him doing it in a Hawthorne Guernsey. Well, I mean, even if, for me, like, if I take the sentimentality out of it, which is, you know, it's trade season, I'm pretty good at it by now. Um, I uh, even then I just think, my God, what's Port going to do next year? <laughs> you know, what, what what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get the ball forward to the centre line when it's in our defence? What, what are we going to yeah. do? <laughs> what, yeah. what do we do? What do we do, Macca? <laughs> well, with the delistings that we've made, which we'll talk about in a minute as well, we're going to be probably the slowest AFL team that's ever played, ever, oh, in the history of the sport. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Because we've got rid of all our run. All our pace, <laughs> and we're left with um, twenty-two Aiden, Tom Rockliffs. We've still got out what, there. Aiden Johnson and Carl Amon, <laughs> so <laughs> so you know there's a little bit thrilling. <laughs> um, who else uh, this fast? But look, let's um, look. We we did get a few things back. Uh, mm. We've now got pick five. We got pick fifteen. Um, we got Ryan Burton, who we spoke about last week. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. I think. Um, if we play him in the right position, he could be absolutely anything. Um, and the good thing with him is that he can play pretty much anywhere. Um, as I said last week, I would love to see him on a wing. I reckon him on a wing, Bonner on the other wing would, would transform our side, would give us a lot of height through the middle of the ground, a lot of pace and a lot of um, elite kicking as well, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it's certainly out great on Pittard. Um, wherever you play him, if you think Pitt should play outfield more, then yeah, it's still an upgrade. So you know, it, yeah, it's it's a good in for Port Adelaide. Particularly, this is the more important part. Particularly coming from a defensive system that actually does know how to turn that into attack, which yeah. is clearly something like hopefully, I don't know. Can we just make Burton our defensive coach instead of Bassett? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because right now, like that's kind of what we need. We need to work out how to go from being in defence to actually. Having a method going forward, so if we can, if if he's on top of it and he seems to understand that Hawthorne system really well, um, hopefully we mm. can steal a bit of IP uh, uh, out of him. That would be very helpful. Hopefully, that'd be good. Sam Mays comes from Brisbane. He's now a Port Adelaide player as well. Yeah. Which is, um, oh. I don't know, much ado about nothing for he's, me. But he's not Nathan Loney. Um, he's not Nathan Loney. And I did hear an interview where it sounded like he. He talked to the club and they said he was going to be playing lead up forward, pretty much. And that yeah, well, that's, I can that's kind interesting. of, I, I'm kind of okay with if he does that. That's interesting. Um, I guess we'll see how he goes there. Look, good luck to him. Um, I'm not sure how much he's going to play. Oh, heaps. Um, you reckon heaps? Oh, how bad was Pittard this year, and how many games did he play? He's going to play heaps. Well, if even... he's playing, if he's playing as a lead up forward. Well, how many games did Jake Need play this year? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. well, that's two players that we played heaps of football this year that are not here anymore. So uh, yeah. yeah, there is definitely room for Maze in that side, and certainly in the first. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I prefer Pittard to him, which uh, which says a lot, given mm. my thoughts on Jasper Pittard. But yeah. good luck to him. We'll see how he goes. Uh, he's a poor boy now, so he he's ours, and um, we'll support him absolutely. Get on board. Get on board. Get on board. That's it. 
So overall, um, this is probably the most dramatic trade period we've ever had as a footy club. Um, to no, see the uh, the amount of talent that's gone out of the club um, in one in one season, I think it's uh, it's a bit <laughs> of a surprise. Yeah, but you still can't say it's the most dramatic when we're the club that had the Nick Stevens debacle and then the, the reluctant letting go of Josh Cartier afterwards. Oh, but that's but, one player. That's were, not losing. But they, they drama wise, they were much, 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 much bigger than the Wingo trade. Yeah, maybe. They really were. Maybe. Oh, there's Maybe. a big footy, big footy record of it. You can guarantee. I can guarantee that the the dummy spits in with for either of those would have far surpassed Wingard. I reckon. Nah, there was no real dummy spits with Josh Carr. Oh, there was. We didn't want to get rid of him at all, and every Freya fan was being ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, there was big dummy spits with uh, Nick Stevens for sure, but oh, uh, I reckon Wingard probably tops that. Nah, don't for agree. me. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine that that would be the case. Mm. So look, we end up with three first round picks and nothing else. Essentially, we've got pick five, <laughs> pick ten, and pick fifteen. We've got a third round pick next year and a couple of fours. Yeah, wonderful and a few fours. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Um, I guess the main question is: Do you see us sticking with those three picks, or do you think we will try and attempt to move further up the field? I think. That and this is, I don't know. You let me know if it's controversial. I think that we are more likely to listen to clubs that want to trade up to one of our picks than vice versa. Okay. Um, so, for example, our pick ten is between two GWS picks. You know, and yep. they've got a bit of room to work with. Like that might be a club you'd talk to. Um, I, I think. I think that. If, it's, it's it's like any sort of trading thing. It's like an eBay auction, yeah? Like, we mm. paid a high price to get these early picks, um, but the closer you get to draft day, knowing you can do draft pick trades all the way up and live on the day when you can see who you can get with that pick, um, we're in a very yeah. good position to be talked to by other clubs to be offered a, a, a either a, a, or a combination of a later pick in this draft and then a future pick, which would be mm. useful for you know, father sons and all that sort of thing. I think we're in a very Cut. strong position. Yeah. Can multiple clubs bid on the same pick? What do you mean? Like, say we get to St Kilda's pick four, can both Port and the Crows bid to trade for that pick? Yeah. it's, just, and, it's a... and St Kilda choose which one they want to go with? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. See, that makes things interesting. I, I think there's going to be a bit of gamesmanship um, on the night. I reckon the Crows are going to bid um, with either pick three or pick four which will mean we'll counter bid. And uh, why? Because I, th- I I think the whole reason we're trying to do this is to make sure that we stay in front of the Crows so we get first dibs on the player that we want to get. Oh, um, whether that's one of the South Aussie guys or whether it's Bailey Smith or someone else, I don't know. Um, but I feel like this is exactly why we've done the trades that we've done. No, I don't agree. Um, to get up into that sort of position. And I can absolutely see, if if we are absolutely red hot on, just for example, Rankin, um, and the Crows are throwing their picks at Gold Coast at pick three, yeah, I reckon we're going to counteract that and say, yeah. nah, not on our watch. Here's pick five and pick ten. And um, here, have next year's first round pick for it as well. <laughs> no, I don't think that. Oh, I don't know. I reckon you're being a bit naive there. 
I well, I, I don't think I am. I think that pick five you trade up to because pick five is a real pick in this draft. Um, it is a real pick in, in a way that pick six probably isn't. Like I think that that's the borderline. We're just we're just on the right side of that borderline between elite players and mm, gee, pick one of a bunch. Well, it depends. It depends if we are keen on one particular player or if we are just happy to get whoever will be pick five. Because look, whoever will be pick five will be a very good player. Absolutely. I reckon, They'll be a fantastic player. I reckon but, we've probably got good intelligence and we're happy to pick take whoever is there at pick five. Okay. Well, I guess we'll wait and see on the night. It'll be it'll be interesting. But um, who's your top five at the moment? Uh, I was thinking give us this... a little bit of an idea of, uh, of who we <laughs> might be sort of looking at. Okay, my top five, I probably still have Lucosius as pick one. Sam yep. Walsh pick two. Yep. Ranking at three. Yep. Probably Max King at four, although it would scare the piss out of me if, you, if we had pick four. <laughs> yep. Uh, and this is one where it becomes interesting because for me I kind of feel like I'd bid on Nick Blakey. Um, yeah. I would be happy. Look, we're pretty similar. We are pretty similar. Yeah, I've got okay. I've got Lukosius one. I've got Walsh two. I've got Rankin three. I've got Nick Blakey at four. Okay. Uh, and I've got Bailey Smith at five. I've got King yeah. at six. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I guess that gives us a bit of an idea of who we might be getting. I guess I still feel like with Wingard gone, we'll be wanting someone like Rankin, who can play straight away in a similar sort of role. And um, and look, they'll be hoping that he develops into a superstar as well. Look, I mean, it's probably pretty likely that you know. I mean, I'm not going to say it's out of the question that we would be able to get ranking at pick five, frankly. Um, no, I don't think it is. A, I think uh, I think we're a fair chance to do it. Yeah. To be honest, which is why I think if the crows are also keen on ranking, therefore they <laughs> want to try and get ahead of us because they know if he's available, we'll pick him. That's why I think the Crows might uh, might look at trying to jump into either St Kilda's spot or Gold Coast. I think you're getting a bit silly there, Macca, not to be completely honest. We'll see. We shall see. Look, we delisted three players yesterday. Um, we say goodbye to Will Snelling after one game a couple of years ago off the rookie list. Yep. Which uh, We spoke about him a couple of weeks back. It is a bit of a shame, but look, at his size, he is just really a, a state league <clears> gun. Hmm. <throat> Yeah, I've not many more to say. We've talked about him plenty. Yep. We talked about him a lot more than he's played football at AFL level. So let's carry on. Probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, we say goodbye to Don Barry, um, who played I think four games this year, yeah, and okay. uh, he's on his he's on his way. And I guess the big surprise is we say goodbye to Jakey Need. Oh, I never thought that would happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after sixty six games, it's too late. Um, yeah. Look, after sixty six games, the last thirty eight of which he pretty much did nothing. Um, look, he tried his heart out. He was a fan favourite. Um, he provided us with some really enjoyable moments, especially through that fourteen final series. Um, but look, he just didn't develop at all um, from that second season on the list. Well, he backpedaled, didn't he? Um, he did. And look, I mean, this just this is this is this is this is what I hate about Port Adelaide right now is that we knew we were going to delist him in this year. In my view, like we we like we already knew it was a year later than he absolutely at the latest should have been delisted. Yeah. Um, 
And then he played multiple games this year and he got dropped after round 12. And then somehow we decided that he was important enough that he merited a farewell game in round 23. <laughs> yeah. Right? And he, for which he got eight touches and one tackle. Okay. When we could have exactly, like we already talked about, the, the form was there in SNFL form at level, the consistency was there. We could have played Jake Patmore in his first game yeah. and give that important exposure to a player in their first year at the club. We decided to give a farewell player to a player that hadn't been near the mark for a couple of years and retires into obscurity. Well, does he? <laughs> because this is my, my theory is that we'll relist him on the rookie list. No, we better not. Boom, headshot. No, look, here's... No, 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 I don't agree at all. Um, and the, <laughs> <laughs> look, this is the I, thing like... What, you can't see that happening? Well, I can I, definitely see that if happening it happens, with the last pick in the rookie draft. If it happens, burn down Alberton. Um, <laughs> that's not even a joke. That's for, that's for real. But also, like, there's a lot of short players in this year's draft that, like, I'm look, looking at the, the footage, I'm sort of thinking that a lot of the players I like are in that 180-centimetre or shorter bracket. It's mm. not. It's it. This is this is my main my main gripe about how I've handled Jack Mead. It is he is in the category of player that is the easiest to replace in any given season, in any given yeah. off season. Like it is just so. There's so many kids out there every year that are just a little bit under hype, but they try real hard. That is not hard to get at all. It, it's every year there are players in that bracket, and they, there are every year there are players in that bracket that go undrafted. You know, don't even make it onto the rookie list. So the fact that we gave him so much time is just absolutely absurd in my mind. Absolutely absurd. Yeah. Look, I I definitely agree, but I can certainly see us relisting him as a rookie pick. Um, you know, I think we delisted him to make some space so that we can use pick fifteen. Mm. And um, I, reckon... I can de- I can de- look. I I hope it doesn't because I don't think he's AFL quality. Um, but I am. Absolutely prepared that he is going to be still a Port Adelaide player next year. No, nah. oh, look, I reckon his delisting and his complete delisting was confirmed when he wasn't part of the crew that went up to the APY lands. Frankly, mm. yeah, maybe, maybe. Like, I mean, that's the big that's the big sign for me. If mm. if, you, if you suddenly see that the guys they're setting up is what Tom Jonas and who, who was the other one? You know, just a couple of straight up white guys going with the Aiden Johnson. It's like, yeah, there's going to be a cull, isn't there? There's going to be a, a yep. bunch of Indigenous guys having a bit of unlikelihood about them staying. You know, that's why Carl Amon, I guess, didn't go, although he appears to have survived it. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's why. I mean, for me, that's the biggest signal you could have. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Well, look, time now to finally talk about the draft. Been a long oh, time can, coming. Can we can we do a, a quick sprinkler uh, chat because Ryan's been yes, saying a couple of interesting things like that I want to talk yep. about. Um, Ryan has said this whole Tim Kelly stuff is irritating me. His wife coming out and slamming Geelong is a farce. If they were so desperate to get home, why didn't they give Freya the opportunity to trade with Geelong? Well, look, that's a very good question, and I I agree. I agree I with uh, with Ryan there. I don't agree. Because I think that when you look at all these last-minute trades and so forth, like no one questioned that Beams only wanted to go to Collingwood, for example. No one questioned any of the other well, yes, trades. Yes, they did. Oh, really? Plenty of people questioned it. Yeah, p- plenty of people in the media question it. So if you're that desperate to get back to Melbourne, why are you only choosing Collingwood? But the back... The, see, this is for me. This is And what Geelong turned down, I thought was more than reasonable. What was it? 
two or picks 2022 in the first round next year. Wasn't that what they turned down for him? Uh, I'm not sure if there was a that, first rounder in there as well. But, was, but yeah, I think for a it was just 20 and 22. Picked, well, they only picked him in the 20s anyway, and they've only had him for one year, so it's not like they can say they put in significant development time. Um, like I well, think that you know, within a draft period, ways, you know, no, no, what, no, 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 no. You've no. been in the system five minutes, and now you're going to you know, choose exactly you know, what club you want to go to. Oh, that, like Scrimshaw for a future fourth round pick. Works. Like Scrimshaw for a future fourth round pick. Um, no, this is the thing. Like of all the trades that didn't get done, only one didn't get done, and it was the one that there would be the least media blowback for it not going through. And it's because it's an Indigenous oh. player, in my view. Nah. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think yeah. it's that at all. Yeah. I don't think no, it's got no, anything no. to do if, with if him Beams being an, hadn't gone an home, indigenous player. If Beams had, hadn't gone home, do you reckon there would have been article after article, news story after news story about, oh, tragedy, Beams couldn't get back to Collingwood, how cruel, uh, Brisbane, blah, 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 whereas this one has just swept another carpet mm. pretty much immediately? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think it's got anything to do with Tim Kelly being Indigenous. I think it's more to do with Geelong standing their ground and saying, look, you're not a free agent. You've been in the AFL system for five minutes. You've got a contract. We're going to hold you to the contract. No. Bad luck, schmuck. No. Too bad. Don't agree. What's their right to do? At the end of the day, if they, oh, yeah. if they, a lot of clubs have if got they don't to feel like they Look, it's happened before. If they only turn down before. certain ones, if they only turn down certain ones, then what do you do? Well, if they feel they haven't got fair recompense for Tim Kelly, then that's their right. <laughs> I guess we'll see how Tim Kelly performs next year, and if he, um, you know, if he still guns it, or if he, uh, if he sulks a bit. But look, at the end of the day, uh, I agree with Ryan. You know, if you want to get home, if you're that desperate to get home, it's a two-team town. Frio could have done that trade on the first day, and satisfied. Um, satisfied completely um, Geelong but no he didn't want to go there he wanted to go to the Premiers and they couldn't satisfy the trade so bad luck bad luck mm-hmm. I, I, I think that no, no I, I don't agree Macca I reckon what they were offered from what I could see looked to be pretty much on pretty much on the money again given there was no development time put in by Geelong they just got lucky with the draft pick now offered more than twice what they paid um, I think that the fact that this one is the one that didn't go through of all those trades, I think that's very dubious. Mm. Don't know, don't know. What other comments on Spreaker? Um, it's all Ryan, really. Okay. Blood says Rankin went to the APY lands with ports. There you go. Yeah. Well, that certainly says a lot, doesn't it? I'm surprised the AFL have allowed that <laughs> to be honest well, look, I'm mean, surprised that I'm look there was a photo in the paper or somewhere which I saw where he's wearing like a you know a powered training top with the logo on it um, with like not, you know AP you know the Aboriginal program sort of uh, training not, top I'm very not, surprised that he was allowed to do that it's not without precedent because if you recall back in the bad old days when the pre-season draft was a, a real thing then teams that had the number one preseason draft pick would often declare their who they were going to pick well in advance, and that player would be given permission by the AFL to go and hang out with that club. Now, it's entirely possible that the AFL first five picks is well and truly locked in. <laughs> like it's, a, it's almost it, it is it is entirely feasible, and that they're all just unofficially, you know, treating those players as if that had happened. 
Yeah. Uh, and the AFL's turning a blind eye to it because they know it's going to happen, but they also don't want clubs to come out and actually say it because that spoils the impact of draft day. Yeah? Yeah. Because <laughs> if the AFL if the if said, no, you can't do that, then the clubs will say, well, we're going to draft this player. Oh, no, you've killed the AFL draft as an event because everyone knows the top five all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Look, it's happened before. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Gold like... Coast said 18 months in advance that they were going to pick David Swallow as pick one yeah. when he was like 16. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's it. Like, there's, a, it's a, there's a bit of give and take there in my view. And I think that the AFL sort of, number one, I don't think they care too much, but except they do care about the AFL draft being um, a viable television event. Yeah, fair enough. Well, let's talk about the draft. That's why we're here. Uh, it's our favourite time of the year. Sorry, sorry. can I interrupt one more time? Oh, for God's sake, yes. Yeah, Phil, it's it's really funny. Um, Phil on Spreaker Chat has said, Jake Need is going to be rookie as he might be our tallest player in the Magpies next year. Need to send a half back. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, send a half back. Come on, go easy. He's definitely fullback material, I think. Okay, sorry. Definitely fullback. Might be able to swing into the ruck as well uh, as a pinch hitter. There's He's no like way. Jordan Ruffett. That's who he is. If, if you post quality stuff on the speaker chat, it will interrupt Macca, so <laughs> yes. feel free to keep doing it. Oh, that's good. Well done. So, the Allies. Well, look, first off, I guess uh, I want your opinion on the draft as a whole. Where do you think it sits over the... You know, we've done these um, these big draft things for the last couple of seasons. Where do you think it rates amongst those years? I really like the top end. And I don't like the shallow end so much. Yeah. Which is different to some previous years. I, I don't... Yeah. I, I've, you know, as much as we criticise Port for trading up as high as they did, I also can't see the same value in, like, a pick 35 as I might have done in other years. Yeah, I'll probably agree with that. I think um, looking at my sort of talent list, I think there's a lot more sort of risky picks going through the 30s mm. and 40s than what there was Um last year and the year before i think definitely the top end is is much better than what we've seen the last couple of seasons i think uh the rung below that is probably on par um and then the rung below them i think it starts to get a little bit short from there on um but look i I still think there's there's some real talent through that sort of uh that's going to get picked in the 30s and 40s i think there's some players there um, who will definitely have an AFL um, career and a very, very good one. For me, like when I'm looking at that category, I'm sort of thinking mostly, yeah, yeah, they've got a bit. And you're right, some of them could turn out to be like 200 gamers for their club and absolute legends, but a lot of them could just be absolutely nothing at all. Like It just really feels like there's just a lot of, not, a lot of incomplete players, yeah, that yep. have got... And not a lot of guys that they're incomplete because they've got blistering talent, yeah? Yeah. It's just a lot of guys that, you know, if they work really hard and they achieve consistency, they could be, you know, really strong contributors over a long period of time. But it's not like there's, there's not a lot of X factor um, outside yeah. of the top tier, in my view. <clears throat> I, think there's, I think there's a fair bit of X factor, but I think it comes with a fair bit of risk as well. Mm. Um, there's a few players that we'll talk about in future weeks, which uh, which will probably go in the sort of that thirty to sixty bracket, may even last till the rookie draft. Who I think could become really really good AFL players, but there's a huge risk that, that they also play no games at all. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's a bit of a theme with the sort of 30 onwards this year is that they could be great, they could be poor. Um, but I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see, and we'll talk about them when they come up. But yeah. talk about the allies. We've got six players to go through this evening. Um, the first one off the off the uh, off the rank for the 2018 draft is Jacob Kaczynski. Um a familiar name, I guess. Uh, he's the cousin yes. of Justin, the uh, the St Kilda player. Uh, he's a 196 centimetre, 94 kilo uh, key defender. Um, who plays at the Murray Bush Rangers and uh, and obviously the Allies as well. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Jacob Kaczynski? Look, he's got a lot of good attributes to his game. Number one, he's tall. That's a good one. <laughs> yep. He's, Helps uh, when you're a key defender. Yeah, absolutely. He's got Take good, note, Jake Need. He's got good hands, in my view, for taking marks. Um, I think that... And I don't know if it's a fair comment. But for me, I wonder if he works as hard as an AFL club would want him to. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's a yeah. fair comment. Um, and the reason I say that is, like, during a game, like, there was one classic one in the, the game, uh, the championships game versus, uh, who was it, South Australia, where he was running towards a ball, heading towards goal. But then when he saw the bounce wasn't favourable, he suddenly found a burst to extra speed. I'm like, well, where, <laughs> where did that suddenly yeah. come from, mate? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and just around the ground and some of the positioning he does, like you think, well, if you tried to worked a bit harder, you could have actually made a better position in that contest. I don't know, like he's he's got that that James Seller vibe to me, which, which uh, uh, never uh, a good yeah. thing. <laughs> no, yeah. no, but that, that's probably my main comments on Kashitsky. Yeah, look, I rate him. I rate him pretty highly. I think as a stopper, he's probably yeah. the second best key defender in this year's draft. I yeah. think. Um, I do. I, th- I think that your comment was was very fair in that he does need to get involved a little bit more. Mm. He seems to do what he has to do, and then he's sort of out of the play, and that's a, that's about it. Whereas he's probably not going to be able to get away with that at AFL level. He's going to have to find a, a couple more strings to his bow. He's going to need to find uh, the ability to rebound a bit more than what he does. Mm. Um, he can play that sort of loose rebounder role, and he does do it pretty well. He just doesn't do it often. Um, I love his. I love his defensive ability. I love his ability to read the play. He's a really good intercept marker. Um, but as we said at the moment, he's a bit more sort of Daniel Talia-like in terms of, you know, he's he's very good defensively but lacks that sort of attacking nous, yeah. um, which he's going to need, I think, at, at the higher level. Um, athletically, I think he's okay. He's probably a little bit slow at times. Yeah. Maybe lacks a little bit of mobility. Um, but when he gets the ball... I think he's a really clean user of the ball as well. He's a really nice kick. Um, he's a good mark. You know, the tools are there that he can become an AFL player. And I've got him rated pretty highly. Yeah, look, I mean, he could certainly adapt uh, and he could certainly, you know, go a long way. Uh, he'll be very lucky. I, I think he's got a bit of a, a slightly different frame to his cousin in that I don't think he's going to be crippled with the same level of injuries as uh, Justin mm. was. Yeah. Uh, he does look a bit more solid um, in probably uh, durable, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I, I also feel like he just, he's, he's needs accountability for his motivation and that's why he's good in the one-on-ones. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like more than a lot of players in this draft, like he's the player where, how, where his interviews with clubs are going to place him a lot more 
than most other players in this draft because if he has trouble communicating his desire for the football, his desire to play football and you know be an elite footballer, I think he could drop a reasonable way. Oh, for sure. I, I agree with that. I've got him ranked at 24 at the moment, so I rate, rate him pretty highly. He played 10 games for Murray Bush Rangers this year. He averaged only the 10 disposals and 4.5 marks a game and just the one rebound per game as well. So I guess that sort of shows that he's not someone that has really got a lot of the bowl. Um, he was a star for the Allies at the Champs, though. He, he did get all Australian selection at fullback, yeah, yeah. averaged uh, eight disposals and three marks a game. He did a couple of really good shutdown jobs um, on Ben King and also Hugo Munn, uh, who both kicked a lot of goals in the championships. Um, but look, I've got his range at the moment of being 30 to 60. Um, I can see someone maybe going a little bit early, maybe Gold Coast. Um, well, potentially the Western Bulldogs as well. Academy? No, he's not linked to anybody. Oh, he's not Academy okay, at all. I thought he was Academy. Okay, well, that makes no, I don't believe yeah. so. Oh, okay. I don't believe he is. I could be wrong, but uh, I don't believe he's Academy. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, well, I, I think he would have been in previous years, but once they changed it, I guess uh, it's yeah, the Todd Marshall rule. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the Todd Marshall rule, but. I think the dogs at 32 might look at him. I think Sydney with their picks in the 30s might look at him. Frio with 43 maybe as well. Um, if he falls down the, the list a fair bit, maybe Geelong at 50 uh, would be pretty keen as well. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I reckon he's one of those players that if you're a top team that's got a good system, you're probably more likely to take a pun on him than if you're a bottom team building. Because yeah. in, a, in a good structure, you could get that motivation into him. You could yep. get that performance out of him. And also, if you've already got a good team, then if it doesn't work out, you're not going to be burnt. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, the tools are there. Uh, he can put it together, I reckon. I think he's going to have a pretty good AFL career. And I think the things that club, clubs will like about him is that he looks physically ready to go. Um, I can mm, see him yeah. playing a fair bit of footy next year at he AFL could. level. He had a shit club, he could. Yeah. Uh, next player we're going to talk about is Bailey Scott, who's one of the most interesting players in this year's him. draft pool. Um, he's linked to three AFL clubs. He was in the Gold Coast Academy, so he, he's played up there. Um, and he's also been part of, uh, or he's linked to Geelong and North Melbourne as father's son. He's chosen North Melbourne um, as his club of destination. So that's uh, I think that's a good pickup for them. Um, he's 186 centimetre. He's 74 kilos. He's a bit of an outside midfielder, can play inside as well, uh, can play on a forward flank. Um, and look, he, he's someone that was a star bottom major last year at the championships, and he followed that on this year, had a ripping champs, I thought. Um, picked up the third most disposals and was uh, fifth in clearances as well. He kicked five goals, and uh, he was also All-Australian. Um, what are your thoughts on Bailey? I've had trouble placing him, um, and the reason is, and I'll, this is again, this is another one that I would love to hear your confirmation or, or what, what's the opposite of that? <laughs> Insults for thinking that. <laughs> I, th- I think that his clear asset is that he has a superior level of reading the play. Like he, if the ball's in the air, he he knows where it's going to land. Yeah, like he's really good yeah. at reading it. I think that he gets a lot of his possession and a lot of his advantage through having a brain that can work that out a bit faster than everyone else. But I think okay. that when the destination is pretty obvious, I think that when it becomes a one-on-one against someone that's you know got a bit of footy smarts themselves, I think that he really doesn't look good at all. Um, I think he gets so much of that. 
I'm not going to say he's terrible. He's got he's still he's still got a you know pretty he's got a long kick. He's got a good kick, and he's very yeah. fast by hand when he's got a, got that um, advantage again. But when he doesn't have that advantage, I feel like he can be exposed. Um, and I don't know how yeah. often that's likely to happen, though. That's the thing. Like, how often does that happen? Mm. Yeah, I I get your point. I I think he's a pretty skillful player, and as you said, I think he's really good at reading the play. Mm. Um, I like that as a, he's a pretty skinny kid. And um, oh, yeah. his ability inside is is very very good. He yeah. can read the play well. He gets first possession. He's That's good at it. doing that. He can give off that quick handball. Um, is he going to be able to match it at AFL level against players? You know his own ability or better than him? Yeah, I think that's... that's a that's a fair question to ask. Mm. Um, no, I think he's potentially an absolute gun. I oh, think yeah. at I think at worst he's going to be a competent level AFL player um, at worst I think he'll get plenty of opportunity to play um, once he builds his body up he probably needs a good sort of you know four or five kilos put on but um, you know he's pretty skillful he's got good ath- athleticism uh, he's got a decent turn of pace uh, he's got a good kick um, and as you said he reads the play exceptionally well I've got him ranked 15 in this draft okay. yeah. I think I think he's one of the real talented players in this draft pool. But having said that, I don't think he's going to go until a fair bit later than that. I think I've got him listed at 25 to 50 as the range. Yeah, look, I've got a player comparison for you. And if I know that we do sometimes get opposition fans listening to these podcasts. Um, if you're a North Melbourne fan, this should scare the piss out of you. I think he's a lot like, I think he's a lot like Daniel Harris. Um, now if, if you remember, Daniel Harris. Yeah, right. Like if you remember Daniel Harris's intro to the league, particularly he was a first round pick as well. But his intro to yeah. the league, like the first game, he was just he was getting every clearance, he had everything. And then after that yeah. first game, teams were like, "Oh yeah, we know how he plays." And then he yeah. just he was nothing for a real long time. And it took he had to work really hard to become an AFL footballer of any standard after that. And I just yeah. feel like he's got that he had that same ability to read the play to the one step ahead and you had that extra youthful exuberance, you know, playing in his first game being an 18-year-old, having that 18-year-old brain speed and all that stuff. Um, mm. I feel like Bailey Scott, you know, fingers crossed that doesn't happen to him. <laughs> I, I, I see your point. I don't think he plays anything like Daniel Harris, but I think no, that but I, think attribute... I do see your point. Yeah. Um, I do agree with your point there. Um, look, I think the thing that goes in his favour is that he can play on a flank. He can probably play on a back flank. He can play on a wing. He can play as a rover as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he'll get opportunities, I think, next year, probably playing in a forward, you know, on a forward flank or a forward pocket um, and swapping onto a wing. Um, I do have another player comparison, which I wrote down here yeah. through my notes. If you're lucky, he might end up being a bit of a Brad Sewell type in terms of how oh, he yeah. actually does play. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. I don't think he, he's ever going to be that sort of grunt player that Saul was. No, um, but he was just a good secondary guy to have in the middle because he was smart enough to work around the others. And I yeah. think that's, that's the Bailey Scott role. Yeah. Well, as I said, I, I rate him pretty highly. I think he's one of the real talented players in this year's draft pool. I think um, I think a bid's probably not going to come until you know late 20s or the 30s, um, which I think would probably be a bit of a bargain. For North Melbourne, yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and look, they've they've stocked up on points because they've got another player to to look at as well. Um, but overall, um, I like Bailey Scott, and I think he's got a future. Yeah, 
I agree. And if if he wasn't a father son, and I was asked, do I think he's a player that could play alongside Ollie Wines in that midfield? I'd say yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about is Connor McFadden, who's a hundred ninety centimeter, eighty eight kilo. Uh, brute inside midfielder, can play as a third tall forward as well. Uh, he's part of Brisbane's academy. He played in the Allies, uh, obviously, as well. Um, he played five games at NEFL level for Brisbane, picked up nine disposals a game. Uh, again, he was one of the stars for the Allies at the Champs. He averaged just under 17 touches and four clearances and tackles a game. And he was also named All-Australian. Um, so the third All-Australian for the Allies uh, at this year's championships. I'm a big fan of Conor McFadden. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think his, uh, his prospects are like. Mm. <clears throat> I like him. I think that he is very much a player that Ken Hinckley would like because I think that if you were going to turn a sheepdog into a human for their determination to just be involved in the contest and get the ball, like he'd be right up there. Um, you know, he, he's he's just he's very accountable. He works hard for one the one percenters and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I he does get caught out. Um, but yeah. again, he's a, he's a this is the thing about playing for the Allies, particularly. He's um an eighteen year old playing in a team that sort of gets assembled from all across the country. So yeah. I, th- I think that he is a guy who his best attributes will be best seen when he is part of a of a team that plays together a lot and I think yeah. that, for that reason I don't think we've seen the best of uh, McFadden uh, so that's exciting <laughs> so it is exciting yeah it is exciting yeah look yeah. he's an exciting player he's got exciting attributes he's got a bit of x factor about him just away from stoppage he's got really good speed off the mark his first sort of five to ten meters are great mm. um and he knows how to win the ball in the midfield. So someone that size, you know, 190 centimetres, 88 kilos, he's already a, he's already a big boy. <laughs> and he's only going to get stronger and build more core strength and be able to break through those tackles um, and he's absolutely in the that, midfield. He's absolutely a guy that I reckon will put in the hard work to do it too. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. he his determination level, like he just seems so determined. And I think yeah. that, you know, for an AFL player that has enough talent to get in the or the All-Australian squad, adding determination on top of that. Like, he should be something. Um, yeah. It, I just don't know what. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, Look, I, yeah. 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 Look, physically, he's a package. He he's tall for a mid. He's got good core strength already. He's got speed. He's pretty agile. <laughs> and as you said, he's got that tenacious sort of um, attack at the contest, which is great. Um, and it means know. he can play up forward as well. And he, look, he took some really great contested marks playing up forward for the Allies. Um, you know, he's a really strong mark of the bowl. He keeps his yes, eyes on it. Yep. He's got got strong, sticky hands. Um, and he can, I don't know if he, you know, I guess he, the, the player comparison that I sort of see is a bit of a Jack Zeeble sort of type. Okay, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was that sort of... And uh, for his first sort of three or four years, but over the last sort of one or two years, he's turned into that sort of third toll forward for uh, for North Melbourne up forward. Um, and he's capable of kicking goals and capable of um, you know taking those sort of marks inside fifty and that sort of thing. Um, and I see Conor McFadden playing a similar sort of role. And I guess the good thing for is that they don't really have a player that's pretty similar to him. No, they don't. So. 
not someone that size that can play as a midfielder and can play up forward. I mean, I think he's going to be a pretty important player for them going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, you talk about settled teams. Like, they've got their midfield they're putting together is looking pretty solid at the Lions, you know, McCluggage particularly. And I think that he actually would complement every midfielder they've already got, including Neil. Yeah. Like, and that's, that, that is concerning as a non-Brisbane yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah. He could complement every single one of them. It's very disappointing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, look, when I first saw him play, I was like, oh, that was a gun. He's certainly on my uh, to-draft list. And then I looked at the list, I was like, oh, Brisbane Academy. Bugger. Yeah. <laughs> um, which has happened <laughs> quite a bit over the, the last couple the of years. And it's going to happen a hell of a lot more. I know, it's really going to happen a hell of a lot more with the uh, the next generation academies and all that sort of stuff. Ugh. You sort of get, you sort of uh, see, see a glimpse in a player and then you you do a little bit of research on him, and it's like, damn. <laughs> well, He's yeah. definitely not coming to us. There's a player I want to talk about in regards to that, but they're in, not in this session. They're in Thursdays, so I'll wait for them. Uh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Look, I'm a big fan. I've got him ranked uh, 26. I've had him a little bit higher. I've had him, I think, as high as 20. Yeah. Um, but he's gone down just a little bit. I see him being bid on sort of around that 20 to 40 mark. I, I think... Um, 40, though, I oh, I would think so. I, I would think 20 so. 20 to 30, I'd say, pretty safely. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Um, I think Adelaide with 21 is probably going to be the first one that might bid on him. Yeah. I think Melbourne with 23, Sydney with 26 could all bid on him as well. And uh, I think there's no doubt at all that Brisbane will, will match that bid. Because yep. um, as we said, he's he's a point of difference for them. And um, he's got potential elite capabilities in him. Yeah, and, and from my notes I've got here, probably low enough down the order that Brisbane will absolutely definitely match. So, yep. yeah, that's when I stopped taking notes. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, that's it. Fair enough. Next player... Um, is Caleb Graham, who's a 194-centimetre mm. key position player. Plays a key defender mostly, can swing forward and play a little bit up forward. Um, he, he played uh, eight games at NEFL level for Gold Coast, uh, where he averaged 10 touches and, and 4.75 marks a game. Uh, had a little bit part to play at the champs for the Allies, but not too much. Um, where do you see Caleb Graham... Graham fitting in. He's part of the Gold Coast Academy, I should have said. Uh, where do you see him sort of fitting? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, this, is, this, is, this is, for me, this is the exact, like, I'm as worse than Jacob Kishitsky, right? Because he's the perfect combination of, I didn't really take any notes because any time I saw him, I just thought, meh. And he's part yeah. of an academy that I, I, my, my give a shit factor is so low that I really don't have a lot to say about Callum Graham. Uh, except that yeah. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't like him all that much. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I have to no. say, I'm not not a big fan either. Um, I had to watch that game probably about three times just to take just notes to on him, him because because yeah. I sort of lost interest because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he didn't really do much. No. Um, and that's probably his problem. Look, he's a good size, 194 centimeter. That's a good size. He's 84 kilos. Can put on a bit more uh, bulk. Um, and he is versatile. He can play forward and play as a bit of a lead mark, sort of a lead mark option out of the square. Uh, he's got okay pace over the first sort of 10 metres, and he, he does reach his top speed early, I feel. Mm. Uh, but he's not overly quick, I don't think. His skills are just okay. Not Nothing special. He's an okay mark sometimes. Um, but, yeah, he's just a bit vanilla, really. Like there's, there's no real sort of standout feature of his game that makes me think, wow, he's going to, you know, he's got definite AFL potential. 
No, no. Like, he's exactly the player I'm thinking about when we sort of say, gee, there could be some real ordinary players go between 30 and 60. And he's going in the back of that bracket for me. Yeah, I've got him as a late late or rookie pick. Probably yeah, rookie. I don't see best. anybody bidding on him, to no, be honest. No. I think it's just a free hit for Gold Coast if they choose to go that way. And look, with their uh, dirt of, of tolls, I think, um, you know, maybe he might find his way on Gold Coast list next year. Just as that uh, that sort of free hit in the rookie draft. Yeah, fair enough. Next, next is uh, Dirk Conan, uh-huh. uh, who is also part of the Gold Coast Academy. He's 194 centimetre. Uh, he also plays as a key defender, uh, can swing forward as well. Um, look, I like him a hell of a lot more than what I like Caleb Graham. He's in a similar category for me because <laughs> I, I, my note, <laughs> I have one note which is not sold on his defensive awareness. Um, yeah. And the second note I had was when I decided to see if there was anything interesting on the internet. And I said, I feel, I wrote down, I feel okay for not having a reason to take many notes as the big footy thread advertising this podcast is the number seven hit for Dirk Conan on Google. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Is yeah. it really? It's the there number seven. Going. So there's no one talking well, about that him Well, That basically makes us his biggest fan. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Look, I'm actually a bit of a fan. I am a bit of a fan. I think he's got really impressive um, athletic ability. I think the football side of his game needs to sort of pick up a little bit. But he's got some really good athletic traits. I think he is really quick. He can change direction exceptionally well. He's got good speed. Um, He's a good size. He's got better core strength than what Graham's got. And he's capable of outbodying opponents to win contests, which is what I like about him. Um, at the moment, he's very much a shutdown defender, and he needs to find a bit more of that sort of attacking threat. But um, you know, when he does get the ball, he's a pretty decent kick, and uh, I think he shows pretty good vision. Um, so I'm I'm a reasonable him? fan. Uh, again, late rookie. Yeah. Again, sort of late rookie. I think it's most likely he'll be a free hit. Um, for Gold Coast. I've got him ranked 68, so it's not like I rank him heaps high, but no. um, I think there's you know a little glimpse there, a little uh, flickering of light with Dirk Conan. Fair enough. Next. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Next, lucky last uh, for this evening is Matthew Green, who's a 189-centimetre, uh, 73-kilo uh, outside midfielder, can play as a back flank, he reminds me of a little bit of Charlie Ballard from last year. Okay. Um, look, he was he was in my top ten really? at the start of the season. He oh, was in okay. my top ten. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, not now, uh, no. but certainly at the start of the season, he was my boy last year. I saw him play, and I thought, oh, he's gonna, you know, if he develops, he's going to be something pretty special. And then there was just no development at all, and he's probably gone backwards since then. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Matty Green? Um, I'm not convinced of his ability once he's got the ball. I think that in a contest, he's good. But I think that as soon as he has to do something, or stand in the right spot or whatever else. Like, and again, he could, he could be a victim of being an Allies player as opposed to you know Vic Metro or whatever. Um, mm. But his awareness of the game in general, it seemed weak. And for a defender, that's got to be tip-top. Um, yeah. So that's my concern with Green. I just don't know if he's got the head for it. Yeah, look, I've really liked him play as a midfielder. I've seen him a couple of times, and I really like what he does as a midfielder. Um, he had a really impressive championships last year as a bottom major. He only averaged nine disposals a game, but he showed a lot of maturity, I thought, with what he 
could do with the ball and his his attack. Um, but yeah, he averaged just uh, just under eight disposals a game across four matches this year, and I just don't think it was good enough. It certainly was not what I was expecting his output to be going into this year. I thought he'd sort of grow into that sort of sixteen to twenty disposal player who can play as a, a clearance winning midfielder, but looks a little bit better maybe as that sort of second possession player coming out of a stoppage. Yeah. Um, look, he's got good endurance. He's got good agility. He's pretty quick. He can zip out of clearances pretty pretty nicely. Um, and he, he looks he looks good as that sort of tallish link man coming out of the back line sort of thing that you sort of look through through the middle of the ground. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I've gone from having him in the top ten to having grave doubts that he's even going to be drafted. Everything you've just said sort of confirms how I feel about it because, like, the, yeah. the, the exact midfield role you're saying he, you like him in is exactly the one that requires probably the least overall game awareness. Like, you don't, need to, you don't need to think about zoning. You don't need to think about how close your opponent is versus how close you are to goal versus where the ball is and all that stuff. You don't have to do any of that triangulation and whatever else. You just have to win the ball. Um, yep. And I, th- I think in that role he's probably fine, but there's been lots of guys. What, Jacob Rawls last year or something like that? There's been guys that are, you could say they're yeah. pretty yep. good at that. And that was all they had, and I think he's probably in that category. Yeah, it's a real shame because he showed a lot of promise last year. Um, look, maybe he does get picked up. I'm not too sure. Uh, again, it's probably late or a rookie pick now, uh, which is a shame. I've still got him ranked in the 40s in my list because I do I do like what he does when he actually gets the ball, but he just rookie. has to get the ball. He has to get the ball. Rookie you can't get drafted when you're only getting seven touches a game. It's just no, not going to happen. He won't get drafted, I don't think. Yeah. Which is a real shame because he showed a lot of promise last year. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a real also, shame. Yeah. Yes, agree. Yep. But I guess that just goes to show that um, sometimes development just doesn't happen. Um, yep. It's true. It, uh, it happens that way. So that's it for this evening. For the uh, for the first half of the Allies picks, we've got another six coming on Thursday. Um, we've got some big footy questions. Okay. Can I throw in a couple from Spreaker Chat first? Absolutely, you can. Yeah. Because uh, they're more important, because they're actually listening live, so no. They are. Uh. We love our Spreaker <laughs> listeners. Phil has Which asked... is usually just Dylan, but um, yeah, it's good that we've right. got some others. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, Phil has asked, how do you guys see our tall defender stocks now? Uh, shit house. <laughs> I'm not convinced we're going to pick one with that, that's worth picking at 5, 10 or 15, frankly. Well, I think we should be uh, bidding on Caleb Graham at 15 because we need him. Shut up. Uh, Graham if, at 15, Dirk Conan in the rookie draft. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah. BFVK has asked, is there a clear top seven? And if so, is there a clear second tier? Uh, I, think, I think that's a good question. Look, I think Cal Toomey calls it the Super 7 or something. And look, I think it's more of a, uh, a a top 9 for me. Oh. I think it's a top 9. I've got a top I think 6. Top 6? Well, there you go. Well, look, I've got Lukosius. I think these guys are the elite at the moment. It's probably yep. a top 8 for me, actually. There's mm-hmm. ones kind of dropped out a little bit. For, but for me, there's Lukosius, Walsh, Rankin, Blakey, Smith, Max King, Haightley, and Rosie. They're on one level. Okay. I think they're they're on the yeah. elite level for me. Yeah. Um, ben King's just fallen a little bit behind that for me. He's he's the start of the next tier. I don't like him. Um, but he could, you know, I, it's a real shame that Max King did his knee. Yeah. 
Because yeah. what it's robbed is it's robbed us, us of seeing Max King, um, who played one of the greatest underage games ever seen in his one game this year <laughs> uh, at TAC Cup level. But it's also robbed us of seeing Ben King play as a key defender, which is probably his more natural position because he got thrown up forward for the rest of the season for mm. both um, uh, for both Sandy and also for um, for Vic Metro as well. Um, so who knows what could have happened if Max King um, had have stayed fit. He might be going pick one because um, yeah. on the basis of that one game, like he was uh, absolutely thrilling. And uh, look, Ben King might have also been um, a little bit better. But I do think there's a, a little bit of a... Um, there's probably about 10 to 12 players in that next bracket, which for me includes guys like Coldwell and Ian Hill, Zach Butters, Bailey Scott's in there, Kaczynski's yeah. in there, yeah. uh, those sorts of guys. So, Yeah, I, I, what you just said sort of confirmed something for me, which I have felt to be true. Mm. Um, but to hear it from you, it's like, yeah, I'm right. Um, which is Haitley coming up the order. Um, because if you look at it, like he's the first legit big midfielder in this draft order, and you mm. know everyone's still looking for that new bond, aren't they? <laughs> so he's I reckon yeah. he's going to go well, early. He's, he's early um, like, what the ten eleven I'm seeing in other places. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling he might be dropping a little bit. But you reckon? I'm an I'm an unashamed fan of Jackson Haley. I reckon he's going to be an absolute superstar. Can't wait to talk to him in a bit more detail next week. But yeah, yes, or talk about him, I should say, but. Um, yeah, I think he's a gun. He's an absolute gun. And one last Reaper question. I'm not taking any more. Ryan has asked, have you done any in-depth research into our father-son prospects next year? I can say no. Uh, only bits and pieces because it's still too early. It's yeah, still too right. early to know. We were just talking um, about Matthew Green dropping off. Anything could happen. Yeah, yep. yeah anything can happen. That's right. And uh, look, at this point, Jackson Mead looks draftable. Um, that's as far as I'm going to say. He looks draftable. Um, Trent Burgoyne, I don't think, looks draftable at this point. Um, but that's all I've got at this point in time. Okay. I think Burgoyne's still got a lot to work on before he becomes an option. Um, Jackson Mead's grand final <laughs> in the under-18s was exceptionally, really impressive. So, yeah, I'll just, just going to say, like, if Burgoyne's anything like his dad, then it could happen all in once within the space of an hour. <laughs> Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. Look, he's got look. He's quick and he's got okay skills, but I I think he's a little bit. He needs to find a way to find more of the ball than what sure. I've seen. But um, we'll talk about that next year. Wasn't that a criticism of Peter Bergwijn too? Oh, he was always. Oh, early on, oh, he wasn't. They're, they're not very similar players, I don't reckon. I don't think. No, no, no. I'm just saying, player. like, but the, like, wasn't that a? I've seen to recall that like, early on, Peter Bergwijn wasn't exactly the biggest accumulator in the league, and then he got a lot better at it. Yeah, he definitely did. Mm. He definitely did. Yeah. All right. Question time from Big yeah. Footy. Vifa Valazar has asked Newcastle smell or the smell of petrol? Newcastle smell. Yeah, nothing smell beats Newcastle smell. Smell of petrol is like, it's nice for a moment, but it, you feel sick very quickly. <laughs> Whereas Newcastle yeah. smell, you can be in a new car and just keep smelling nice. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I love Newcastle smell. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Schultz and Fest has asked, uh, in the previous podcast, Macca mentioned the possibility of transforming the way we play using Burton and Bonner as tall, long-kicking wingers. Could Jarrett Linett be an alternative option for a similar role? I'm not convinced he's brave enough. So no, in my view. Uh, 
Yeah, off. You've got to be a real Look, confidence he, he player. Did, You've got to have that's, real confidence. That's the type of player that we drafted him as. So, oh, you know, he he's done traded. that sort of he's done that sort of role before. Okay. Do I think he's got it at AFL level? I don't think so. I think he's more suited down back, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, agree. Mm. Like to to attack at AFL level, you've either got to have supreme arrogance or supreme confidence, and I don't think he's yeah. got either. The thing that I like about Bonner and Burton specifically is that they've got great pace. They've got really good speed. Which mm. sets them a little bit apart, whereas I don't think Lena's all that quick. I'm still not even um, so, I'm still not super sold on Bonner playing that role, to be honest. But yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, port uh, Port to Port has asked uh, where to Port find some speed. Uh, uh, Rankin probably from Shane Mumford, I reckon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, don't know. I mean, we've got three first round picks. Uh, the the main thing that scares the shit out of me is that we might use all of them to pick players that are 180 centimeters and or less. Like, and it's entirely feasible we could, but I don't know. I don't know if we get it this draft year. I just don't. I don't think we do. I think we get Rankin, and that's about it. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we pick Rankin, Ian Hill, and Zach Butters. Oh, shit me right off. And when we relist. Um, <laughs> or, or we rookie list Jake Need as well. Yeah, yeah. See, um, like that would be awful. Well, look, we've got rid of pretty much all our sub one hundred and eighty players. Exactly, and uh, which means we me. need to draft a lot more. To uh... no, it doesn't. That's the thing because we already did last year. We already got a bunch of short uh, defenders last year. Going on our history, it means we're going to draft a lot more Porsche. I know, I know, I know. I know you're right. I'm just trying to prepare you for the inevitable here. I know you're right, but. When you get pick fives, 5, 10, and 15, there is no reason to take a height deficiency unless it's a company with absolutely absurd talent. Mm. And Rankin That's fits it. that, and no one else does. Yeah. Uh, Port supporters also ask, any chance Pal Pepper is released from the engine room where we have plenty plenty to spend some time as an outside mid across half forward? Uh, look, I mean, it's, in my mind, I'd it's be better. happy with that. For me, I think it's it's fair to say that, you know, Wingard and Polek out creates a hole there and it's a lot easier to fill in that engine room role with the current list we've got than it is that outside role. So I think that we will see Sam Pepper play a bit more outside, a bit more uh, attacky and, you know, the obvious thing to do is bring in Atley, yeah? <laughs> it's like that's just yeah. logical. Atley to, Atley to SPP's current role and SPP to uh, a, a more attacking role, uh, more more... Hopefully, Link Manny role. Yep. Uh, CT Power has asked, who do you think Port are talking to about swapping its 2019 first-round pick with another pick in this year's draft? Hopefully no one, because a 2019 pick, I really do feel is going to be a top-10 pick. I feel it's going to be a top-five pick. <laughs> it could be, but it's going to so be at least I a hope, top-10. <laughs> I, I really hope uh, we're not talking to anyone about that, to yeah, be honest. Really. This is definitely not a yeah. season we're going into in which I'd be saying, yeah, we're not going to bottom out. <laughs> no, yeah. that's, this is not that season. Yeah. Uh, Sleazy has asked, where would 25-year-old Wingard and 22-year-old Burton slot into this draft? What, I mean, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Uh, this, this sort of question gets asked a lot sort of on forums and, you know, to to on Twitter and all, to media guys and all that sort of stuff. It, it's almost impossible to answer. For me, it's I impossible to answer. That, that's a question that I think you can maybe ask about a guy that got drafted the year earlier. Um, yeah. When it comes to when it gets beyond that, it's just stupid. But and not, you ask not a stupid seven years question, in like, like Chad Winger. 
<laughs> no, no. Look, look, essentially, Wingard would probably go pick one. Really. Yeah, well, probably, yeah. Because yeah. he's a he's a known quantity. He's all Australian standard. And he's probably got... I mean, do you six, think Carlton wouldn't uh, want Chad Wingard um, to pick one? <laughs> they probably would. Here's one from Interstater. Okay. Uh, who will captain our Maggies in 2019? Jake Need. Probably Jake Need, I reckon. <laughs> Should be interesting. Um, ben Blink AU has asked, um, is Boyd Woodcock a rookie chance now Need has been given the flick? No, not remotely. Sorry. Uh, I think Woodcock won't be available in the rookie draft. So really? Why is that? I think he'll go in the main draft. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's my thought. I, I don't see him. I think he'll be long gone by then. We'll, we'll get into that. I don't like him. We will. We will. <laughs> uh, Cam eighteen seventy. Sorry, you're breaking up a bit there. Go again. Okay, Cam eighteen seventy is asked with Dan. Are there? Sorry, with Dan Houston, who was a rookie pick at number forty-five, and he's turned out to be an excellent AFL footballer. Are there characteristics you can see now? They had as juniors that now, in hindsight, indicated they might make it. What the Dan Houston? Who was the other one? Oh, he's suggesting. Are there any other late picks who've oh. come good? Oh, okay. Uh, gosh, I can't think off the top of my head. I think it's a hard one because I'm not sure too many people saw Houston becoming a defender. Like no. in his in his draft year, he was very much a sort of one paced lead mark kick forward. Um, he was like a small full forward sort of thing. Hmm. Um, and he did that in his first season at Port. And look, I guess that, you know, his skills were something which were always a standout. Um, so that's probably one thing that I think we both noticed with him when we drafted him and said, look, his skills are really good, but he's going to have to change his game because I don't think we really need that sort of player. Sure. Um, and turns out they saw him as a defender and he's turned in a pretty good one. So that's great. I mean, I, I guess the one from last year, uh, which has already proven me a bit wrong, because I was mostly going off the wrong footage, I guess, uh, is Kane yeah. Farrell from defence to forward. <laughs> like, that's one. Um, you know, like, as, yeah. a defender, as a defender, I still don't want him anywhere near our defence. Um, but yeah. as a forward, he's really good. So, yeah. 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 Um, this one's for Porsche. Could any of the Allies guys be described as the new Jake Need? Yes. Uh, hang on. Quite possibly. Keaton Coleman. Keaton Coleman. Yeah, Mummery might be one as well, Michael Mummery. Uh, well, the, um, the reason I think Coleman is because I noticed his number a lot of times, and every time I was noticing the number, um, it was because he had been in close proximity to something awful. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, my God, what happened there? What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the FEK has asked, in this free agency era, the value of the average player has plummeted. Unless you're a star, you're not changing hands for anything more than a third rounder. Uh, getting passable talent into your club is no longer an issue for any club that is willing to pay getting top-tier talent, um, still appears to be. Uh, is the draft pick value calculated due for a readjustment to reflect this increasing value of higher draft picks? Uh, I think there's a lot of factors in that. Um, the first one is I don't think that points value is ever really correct. Uh, and that's why, you know, look at all the trades that 
uh, Great Western Sydney and Gold Coast did to trade down in drafts. I think that they were always very generous to the teams that they dealt with. Um, so I think that's I think that's a factor. I think another factor is what we just talked about with this particular draft, which is that it's really good at the top, and then there's sort of a nothing wasteland. <laughs> um, not mm-hmm. not not a nothing wasteland, but not as good as it has been. So that means that the tradable assets are either really high or it's like eh, just give us something late and we'll be fine. Yeah, uh, and the third factor is the introduction of live trading and clubs having different opinions on how that's going to impact. Like any time there's a change as significant as live pick trading, um, then that's going to cause a, a hiccup. It's going to cause a hiccup in the landscape, and I think that's another factor in this trade period. In that, like I said, you know, Porter had to trade really hard, really early to get in the position we're in. If we try to do all that on draft day, you know, sort of speaking, well, if, I, I think the value of picks is going to go up as we get closer to the draft. Um, yeah, I think it's a pretty common market thing. Uh, so, uh, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, but I think that until that's all worked out, the same as same as when free agency came in, you know how that all works with the compensation picks. Until it's common practice, you're going to see exceptions. And I think this is a year of a couple of exceptions. So, I'm yeah. not convinced that there's a, a permanent change. But I do think the points system was always uh, overvaluing low picks. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, PAFC sixty six is. Ah, so it's more of a statement. Uh, remember when KT's emails were good and not spam? Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes. the, last, the, last, the last few have probably been a bit uh, spam-worthy, I think. Uh, yeah. I might even be hitting my spam folder because I haven't had one for, for a while. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And Johnson said, if either one of you are in the Caleb Graham is better up forward than down back camp, I don't think I'll survive this podcast series. Is that, is that, a, is that a debate that's going on? Like, is people interested enough in Caleb Graham to have that discussion? I don't know. I'm not too sure. <laughs> I think that's only happening at Gold Coast recruitment table, I think. Wow. I'm not too sure. That's, that's, maybe. Maybe. That's maybe look, maybe he is better as a forward and not down back. Maybe that's the thing all along. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> that's it. Wow. Well, look, that's it for this evening. Can I go um, throw one more thing out? You can. Um, with the delistings, because there were delistings by other clubs as well. I noticed that Luke yep. Partington was delisted by West Coast. Yes. And I'm wondering if we have an interest. Oh, as only a as the next magpie. As a tum- yeah, that's right, Tumby Bay. Um, yeah. Uh, we've delisted again, and we've delisted a lot of short guys, and he's in the short guy category. Yeah, and uh, we've also got a few members of the Dead Dads Club, unfortunately. And I'm just wondering whether that might be coming home, playing for Port Adelaide, might be all sort of a bit of a a boost to him. And if that's something that the club sort of thinks, yeah, it didn't work at West Coast, but it could work for us. Look, potentially, I think we would need to delist another player or so. I think because I think we've only got three. We can probably do it. I would need to double check, but I'm pretty. I think we've only got three spots available. Oh, okay. Yeah. On the list at the moment, I think. Yeah. Um, but look, I, you know, look, we seem to be interested in export magpies, and he was one of them, and he was a very highly rated junior, and especially uh, coming over with Lasset too. Yeah, well, his career um, obviously hasn't panned out at West Coast, and you know he, he gets a lot of the bowl at waffle level, uh, so that's yeah. something. And um, you know he's that sort of outlaw, outside linkish man that might be able to um, fill in a little bit of a role for Polak, maybe. Because they do, they are fairly similar. Mm. Um, the other one is also from West Coast, Mal Carpenter. Because I, I know oh, yeah. we were interested in him in his draft year. I think, I but, think you're um, a bit more interested in me, but yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not interested at all, really. I'm, I'm <laughs> no. just thinking whether the club might be interested. 
because uh, I know they were interested a few years ago. Yeah. Um, right, but uh, and look, likely. you know, attracting um, cast offs from premiership teams is certainly a thing that happens. And yep. uh, there's two of them, which uh, who are both South Australian. So maybe yeah. it might happen. Maybe we might get one or both or none. Who knows? Uh, we've got an update from Ryan. Thomas retired and we listed three. That's four spots. Four spots. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we also traded... That's good. We also traded two players out as well. Or three players out and only brought one in. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, two in, sorry. Two in. We yeah. traded out... And yeah. we have upgraded Houston now to the oh, senior list, so I'm not sure okay. if that's included in the four, in the four or not. Okay. Um, but yeah, look, if there's a spot available, Luke Par- Partington. No, I'm not against it. No, I'm not against it. Um, All right, we can wrap up yeah, now. I just want to get that out there. No worries. All good. We'll be back on Thursday where we talk about uh, another six uh, potential draftees from the Allies. And uh, yeah, until then, count the pair. Can Port. Ports. Puts the ball across towards a teammate. Ritz hand pass though. Slapped and now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up. Bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking. <laughs>